Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. As you can tell, I'm a little froggy today. It's It's been a doozy, let's just say. We uh, come off beautiful feet trip, our mission trip we take every year with a group of people and we lead it and um, then turn around and got sick right behind it and um, you know it life gets to be sometimes overwhelming and and you know I was thinking about this this morning of you know why does it have to suck so much you know it's it just seems to be that way and we were we've been through a lot going through a lot but I have not I don't know that I've ever taken off this many days being sick and uh, I feel better it's just I'm not over it yet so um, but why do we do what we do why is it important for us to chase what we chase and why do we why do we really thrive for the things we thrive and I guess kind of my point in 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 starting this way is um, everyone is busy no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But how much of it is good busy, bad busy, and how much of it is just busy? Um, you know, we're, we're empty nesters. You would think our life would slow down some. I, I don't know that it really has a whole lot um, or it doesn't feel like it has. Um, and so it's kind of a, how much of it is self-inflicted? I guess that's kind of my thought. Well, and I would just say that our busyness has changed. Um, it's it's not that, uh, I mean, we're still super busy. Um, but I think what David's kind of alluding to is we've created this busyness. And yeah. it's, it's not intentional. It's not like we sit around and say, oh, let's take on this, let's take on this, let's take on this. Um, because it just, things just seem to show up. And you know, I, I just want to throw out there, and excuse my squeaky voice, um, that, you know, as soon as uh, David got back from Beautiful Feet, um, we went straight into a week-long revival yeah. with some uh, a pastor's prayer group that David's involved in. And um, the last night of the revival, which was Sunday, um, David was asked to preach, you know, prior to, but... Um, you know, I think that Satan just tried to, is, is trying to take us, take him out. Um, and that's why, you know, whether it be through sickness or whether it be through stress or whether it be through not being able to do what we had on our agenda, whatever the case may be, um, because he preached a powerful message on Sunday and, uh, there were lives that were affected and lives that were changed and um, I knew that was going to happen because I knew that Satan was just trying to take him out. Honestly, Sunday morning, he didn't know how he was going to get through his message yeah. Sunday night. And so uh, we just really prayed that, that God would heal him enough to get him through the message. And, and he did. Um, but I think, you know, back to busyness, I think that we need to be aware of Satan putting things in our path that may may or may not be a good thing that may look good from a Christian standpoint. Um, but if it's not where God's leading and directing, then it's just busy work. Yeah, I think that, um, and I did preach on this, and, and 
it really the the thing is we we get busy as Christians, um, and you know when really you're not that busy as a Christian. You're busy as a person, and you do a few Christian things. And and I'm not trying to downplay what everybody does, but really, if you think about the amount of time that you spend being a Christian, um, it, you also can directly relate that to how much time do you spend working on your marriage? Because it, it they both go hand in hand. It's very easy to blame, you know, well, I'm, I'm busy. I go to church every week, and I do this, and... You know, or I read my Bible every day, or I do this. and But really, when you look at the amount of time that's actually spent working on something, it's very little. It, it's, it's kind of whatever. It's a for an optical illusion. It feels like a lot, but when, really, when you break it down per day, it's a very small part of your day. And I think even working on your marriage is the same way. I think we get to the point that you know, okay, yeah, we went out on a date. We we went and did this and and we're good. And and but the problem is that good may be three or four months before it's good again. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of correlation between a marriage and your Christian walk to where it gets to the point that it, it can get stale. It can get to the point where you're really just too busy to jack with it. And not in a bad way. You think it's going to survive all right, so you don't focus on it. But you create more busyness. Um, and that's without kids. Oh, If we had kids right now, I don't know how we would function, honestly. Well, and something that um, just was brought to my mind. So I've been, I've been in the kitchen this morning um, cleaning up. We've got some people coming over to the house, and so... I've been wiping down the counters and wiping down the sink. And, you know, I'm I'm not a great housekeeper. And so... That's a lie, but continue um, So it becomes overwhelming because um, the sink gets really messy uh, because I don't tend to it every single day. Or the cabinets get overcluttered and dusty because I don't tend to it every day. So it becomes overwhelming and it becomes a chore and it becomes something I resent, which can be said also, like David said, of our marriage or any really, really relationship is if you don't tend to, with our time with God, most importantly, if you don't invest some time to it on a daily basis, then it becomes overwhelming and it becomes too much and it becomes to where you resent whatever that is because you can't keep up with it. Whereas if I would just go in every evening, wipe down the counters and wipe out the sink, you know, five minutes, I'm done and it doesn't become overwhelming. I think the same can be said if you invest in your marriage, if you invest in your relationship with God hopefully five, more than five minutes. But if you do it on a daily basis, then it doesn't become as uh, much of a chore, I guess. Then it just is part of the way you live your life. Well, and I mean, I think of the scripture, pray, pray without ceasing. You know, how do you become, make that into the fabric of what you do? When, whenever I call Susan, I'm going to say 75% of the time. I always, you know, try to be upbeat. How's my love? What's going on? I Hey, beautiful. 
you know, and it, it's not the point that she needs to hear it. Maybe, I don't know. My, my thought process, though, is would she rather speak to that or somebody that's like, gosh, dang it, I hate talking to you. I mean, you, you kind of, how do you do encouragement as you go through the day? I realize that may not help her at all. And, but for me, I've, I've got to do something that's a positive in our marriage moment by moment, not day by day. And I guess that's kind of my point is how do you refocus on what's truly important? Um, you know, with what, what they need, but then also try to do the little drips all day long, not the big tidal wave once, and that doesn't come in for, for another three months. Well, and I can say David's a lot better at that than I am because if I'm having a bad day, um, usually he can hear it in my voice or the just he it. Obviously, it's obvious. So, um, and and it's you know when he does call me and and say, you know, whatever he says that's encouraging or tries to be encouraging, it's better than him putting his day on me. Now, after those words of affirmation or love, then we go into this has happened or this is going on or this, whatever the case may be. But I think he brings up a good point of... You know, it doesn't matter what our day looks like. Our spouse is not our enemy. Right. And generally speaking, they're not the one that created whatever emotion or feeling that we're feeling. Now, there's some days that your spouse may be the, the reason that you're having a bad day. or um, but, but I think keeping in mind, and, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I am anybody that's listening, um, our spouse is not our enemy. And... Um, I would pray that your spouse wants what's best for you. And I think just having a conversation, trying to figure that out is, um, and we even talked this weekend of how can we, what can we do differently or what conversations can we have differently that we don't get to where we just shut down and not want to talk to the other person. Well, and I thank you, you know, yes, you have to deal with life. Um, but you, you also, there's an old rule in our family, and I'm assuming it's in other families, beat the ones that are closest to you because they usually won't leave you. And, and it's not right or fair, but it tends to be what we do. Um, if she's having a bad day, I'll be honest with you, when she picks up the phone and it's a customer calling, boy, she's happy, go lucky, everything's great. And then when I call, it's not. And, you know, but it's not a... I learned that from the best, by right, the way. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that would be me. But I, I guess my question is, you know, um, when, when does your spouse get the good side? Yeah. You know, when, when does your spouse, even when you're having a bad day, where I watched a little video of of eight minutes, you know, and, and we're trying to figure out how to implement it in our marriage. When you're having a bad day, text me, I need eight minutes. And what that means is I just need to vent. I don't need any answers. I don't need you to agree or disagree. I need you to sit there and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, 
Uh-huh. Because if we're not here to help each other unload the stress of the day, you, you have to remember if, if two become one, then really you're just beating the crap out of yourself. Yeah. That, that's all you're doing. And you're creating a problem for you that will lag. And then you wonder what happened. And we all do it. It's not a him or a her. It's a both. So, I mean, how do you change the conversation to where, you know, you use the other person as a ally and a friend, not as an enemy? Because we tend to turn on our spouses mm-hmm. um, because odds are they won't leave. And and that's that's not fair. I agree with that. But, but if you look at most marriages, um, that tends to be true. Well, and our spouse is generally the closest one to us. So um, the one that not necessarily we spend the most time with, but the one for sure that's closest to us that we're most intimate with, which we're most, um, you know, closest to. And so they just kind of by default get the blunt of our day. And, you know, David and I don't have the luxury of coming home and necessarily sharing what went on throughout our day because we have the luxury of doing it all throughout the day. Um, And, you know, David knows usually what happens in my day. I say that when in reality he really doesn't because he's not in the office all the time. But um, it's just, I think, because our spouses are the ones closest to us, that's the ones that we usually take out our frustrations on. And the thing of it is, if you, and I'm, this is like, today is a good day. Hormones must be in balance, um, got enough sleep, and no, um, I mean, dealing with anxiety from different circumstances, but for the most part, I'm in a good headspace. But what about the days that I'm not in a good headspace? The hormones are working overtime. Um, If David would have woke up grumpy, I kind of, my, um, and this is true, I think, for a lot of marriages. If one of us wakes up grumpy, then the other one, that kind of projects their day as well. Right. Um, and so right now we're both in a decent space. And so we're able to come on here and say, yeah, this is the best way to handle it. But that's not every day for us. And so what about the days that um, you know your spouse is having a bad day. What about the days that you know he's he or her is grumpy and you just want to be able to help them um, get through that? But the thing of it is, I think that's why those eight minutes are so important is because you're not, I don't, I just need to vent. I don't want it to be fixed. I don't need help getting through it. I just need to get it out. And Um, David and I both are fixers. So if you tell us that you're struggling with something, we by nature want to help you get through it. When in reality, we just need to get it off our chest. Well, and I think, you know, one of the Susan's uh, clam up, not say anything. I'm fine. I'm fine. And, you know, um, now we can sit in the living room and she won't say two words to me and I'll try to prompt her with questions and that, it ends in short answers of, you know, um, things. But that's the thing is somewhere before the fight, you've got to have that conversation of when are we going to invest in us? How do we make our relationship better? 
um, so that long-term, when the bad days come, then it's not an overwhelming, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? It's more like, hey, we already got a plan. And, you know, I can see in the future, um, down the road somewhere, uh, me or her asking the question, do you need eight minutes? Mm. You know, because we can hear it. We've been together long enough. We know kind of where the other one is. And and so, you know, it's it's about helping your spouse, not fighting your spouse. The reason why there's so many divorces is no one's working together. Well, I think you bring up a good point of, um, you know, you, you've really got to work at it. And I think... You know, once we if people get married, um, it doesn't take long for the honeymoon season to be over. Um, and then you throw work and you throw kids and you throw parents and you throw all these other things at it. And the marriage relationship kind of gets pushed to the side. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's so many divorces is because you forget why you fell in love to begin with, why you decided to get married to begin with. Um, instead of investing the time, getting a babysitter or, um, and, and it's not just a one-time shot, you know, if, if you do it once a month or, but you've got to invest the time again, it's that day-to-day investing of, you know, this just popped into my head too, of, you know, at the end of the day, before one of you goes to bed, you sit and you say three things that you like about each other or something that, just reaffirms that you still love the other person and you still want to stay together, that life's busy, life's stressful, life sucks. Um, but hey, you're important to me and this is why. Yeah, and it could be three things that were good in your day too. Yeah. Because sometimes we get in tunnel vision as humans of, you know, one bad thing happens and it ruins the whole day. Um, and, you know, I, I, that's very common in, in most people. So the thing is, you know, uh, how do you handle that? How do you get to the point to where, again, you don't become a burden to your spouse? Because that's really what you're doing is you're laying all the burden on them of your bad day. Mm-hmm. Whether they were truly involved or not. Um, and so it's, again, it, uh, me and Susan's had this conversation over the years a lot. Um, we do suck at it, but we're getting better, um, is how do we stand back to back and fight the world? And when I say the world, I mean the kids, our parents, everybody, where, where it's us against them. Because what ends up happening, and children do it accidentally, they're just trying to get their way, is they create a divide in us. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get their way, and they know if they can get us against each other, odds are they win. It's it's kids phenomenally pick this up, mm-hmm. um, and so it's really one of those things. Sometimes regrounding, of you know, I I, I want to stand back to back with you and fight the world, because if I'm standing back to back, I'm not fighting you. Right. And sometimes we get turned around and we're fighting each other. And the pressure of the world is creating the battle. And it's not that we hate each other. It's the point that we can't deal with the pressure of the world that's going on. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we're we just very selfishly driven as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we want our way. We want it our way. We want Burger King. You know, we, we want life our way. And instead of considering our way being our, me and Susan's way, we get tunnel vision and it's my way, not our way. So I think it's a, it's a real focal point of how do you daily drip, Mm. you know, whether it be a text message of, I love you, whether it be just thinking about you, hope you're having a great day. I mean, how do you encourage your spouse? Now I'm going to flip this and do the same thing with God. You know, how often do you talk to him other than when it's crisis Mm -hmm. or when you really need him? You know, he is a friend. He does want to go through stuff. And if you look at it, he wants to talk to you about it and help guide you and help support you and be a comforter and, you know, it's kind of one of those things to where when you really look at your relationship with God and you look at your marriage, they should be very similar in the way they're handled. If you only go to God when it's an emergency, guess what? You're only going to deal with your spouse when it's bad. I, I mean, I, I see a lot of correlation there, and I think that um, the quicker quicker you try to start getting a plan, the better chance you have of succeeding. Well, and I would agree with that. And the thing is, you know, with your spouse and with God, if you don't communicate with them, they have no idea what's going on. Um, What I've learned in the 30 years that David and I've been married is he can't read my mind. I've tried. It don't work. And I can't read his. Yeah. And so um, what I found out is by not sharing what's going on in my head or my heart— Um, actually hurt our marriage more than it helped it. Um, My reasoning behind it is I didn't want to hurt his feelings or I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want him to think that he was, you know, whatever. Um, But if he doesn't know that there's something going on and that he needs to, I don't want to say fix something, but that he needs something. Be aware. Be aware of something. If I don't tell him, he's not going to be aware of it. And God's no different. Yes, he's the God of the universe, and he knows what's going on um, in our thoughts and in our hearts. He created us in our mother's womb. But the thing of it is, is he desires us to bring it to him and talk to him about it so that he can guide and direct your thoughts and your emotions and your heart. Well, and I think unloading, though, whether it be with spouse or God, are both very critical that it's not the point. Yeah. Your spouse don't know. God does know. I get that. But by you unloading it, it helps remove the pressure from you. Yeah. Um, I don't know most days why Susan's mad when she's mad. I'll be real honest. I have absolutely no idea. Um, and then, you know, you, you go through different phases of, well, think back, what did I do? Well, I can't think of anything I did. Well, she's just mad. She's going to build a bridge and get over it. And, you know, what that does is create a divide to where I don't care. If you want to be mad, be mad. Don't care. If you're not going to tell me, don't tell me. I don't care. And and that's kind of the point where, you know, most marriages start getting into trouble. And it 
honestly, the bulk of it probably doesn't deal directly with your spouse. That's the reason why I love that eight minutes. Because once you get through the venting, and when you vent, you shouldn't, but you will. It's your fault. You did this. You did this. Just let them vent. Because once they get through that top layer of surface crap, then the truth starts coming out. Mm-hmm. Then, then they've got a fighting chance of dealing with, with what's really going on of, hey, I'm really scared. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know how we're going to make it. Okay, that's a different story than what it's going to start out as. It'll start out as you did this. You did that. I wish you'd quit doing this. I wish you'd pick up more. I wish you'd do this, blah, blah, blah. But really, your your goal is to get to the root of what's going on, which may be, hey, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills this month. I just don't. Well, you know, if I don't know that the real issue is paying bills, worried about a grandchild, what whatever the situation is, then I'm trying to treat something that is irrelevant. I pick up more in the house, and she's still mad. And so then I end up saying, well, screw it. Why do I even bother trying? You you get into this pattern, and we've been in it before. That's I know the pattern. I know this is exactly how I've reacted in the past. <coughs> Sorry, buddy. <coughs> Sorry about that. Well, and I'll just interject <coughs> while he's coughing. Um, there are some times that there is absolutely nothing anybody said or did, but there are times that I'm just, and I'm going to chalk it up to hormonally in a bad mood, and, and men don't necessarily understand that. Um, so sometimes when I say, I don't know what's wrong. There's, I, I, I don't know. That literally means I don't, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know. I know that there is a stench on me that I can't shake. There's n- nothing you can do about it. Now, I don't always have that conversation. Usually it goes like, I don't know what's wrong. Nothing. Yeah. You know? Well, but I- it's, it's really nothing anybody said or did. It's just... Hormones, it's just the fact that I'm alive and breathing today, and it's just a great, you know, hormonal day. Well, but mm-hmm. I also think I'm going to flip that, look at it from a different perspective. Let's say it is hormones, or it may not be. You, you don't really know till you do the deep dive. And being, the, the question is, how do I help her get through that? Not in the sense of fixing it, not in the sense of doing, but trying to let her vent through her day. So what happened? When did you really notice this coming on? Only ask questions. I'm not looking for any magical answer. What All I'm wanting to do is to help her shift so that if there is something, she can let go of it and move on. And I, I think that that's a point where we've really sucked in our marriage, where we didn't, we weren't really there for the other person. We were there for the convenience, um, but we really weren't an asset. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, and I can think back, really bad days, um, and I usually know what they are, usually. 
Sometimes I don't, but most of the time I do. Um, sometimes I just want to be hugged. I love you. You're smoking hot. I'm so glad I'm married to you. So thank. It's not the. Sometimes you just need that support from your spouse. Not the point that they've got any magical answers or they're trying to fix it. You're just coming along saying, "Hey, you're important to me, and you're you are my world." And and I don't do that. I get that. It, but it's just kind of one of those things. But if you don't have the conversation, I can promise you it'll never happen. Yeah. Um, well, and I just think that, you know, um, I think the, the moral of the story, the overview of today is, you know, make your spouse a priority. Um, love them well. And if you don't know how to do that, pray about it. Ask God to show you. Have a conversation with them. And how about a, that? Yeah. yeah. And, and talk to them about it and just ask the question. How, what what does loving you well look like? Right. Um, and I don't know if this was for anybody else, but it helped me. It gave me some things to think about um, and to, you know, maybe have some different conversations. Well, and that's really the hope in this is that as we go through life, you guys see the mistakes, the things we do, the things that work, the things that don't. Not saying they will for you, just saying, hey, you're not alone. We're all battling this thing together, and we're all trying to get there. And uh, we just want to encourage you this week, if if you're fighting sickness and stress and everything else like we are, uh, welcome to life. Uh, mm -hmm. Your spouse is your largest ally. You will or, get through it. Yeah. Your spouse is your largest ally or your biggest enemy. You get to pick. Yeah. So, guys, have a great, great week, and we'll be back next week.